something that we haven't touched upon that is extremely important for happiness is gratitude. It's very hard to be uh, unhappy while you're being grateful. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. I have been waiting for months for this product to come out and it's finally here, the Four Sigmatic Mushroom Focus Shot. Four Sigmatic has always believed in seeking energy through nutrient-dense foods, sleep hygiene, movement, and hydration. So when they came up with this product as an alternative to all those gnarly energy drinks that are out there, I was so excited. This is the first ready-to-drink product that promotes focus and energy without all the gnarly ingredients. You can sip half of the bottle of Lion's Mane and Guayusa with a powerful pineapple taste from only real ingredients, no artificial sweeteners or flavors are allowed. I can drink half of the bottle in the morning and then half in the afternoon, and it doesn't make me feel weird and jittery in the afternoon. Go to foursigmatic.com and use the promo code radicallyloved, that's R-A-D-I-C-A-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E-D, to get a special discount on all the Four Sigmatic products. Back to our show. Hey listeners, we need your support. Help us by subscribing and rating to this podcast. Send us a snapshot of your review or comment and we will send you a very special Radically Loved gift. Send your comment to info at radicallyloved.com. You can also click on the show notes here on this podcast for more information. If you want to be part of our community, please click the link to our private Facebook group, on the show notes of this particular podcast so you can be the first to hear of upcoming trainings, retreats, and special Radically Loved events. Thanks so much for listening. Karen Guggenheim is the founder and chief executive officer of the World Happiness Summit. The World Happiness Summit is dedicated to increasing awareness of happiness as a life choice, a human right, and an enabler of human development and social innovation. This summit brings together game changers and researchers focused on how to improve gross national, social, and personal happiness. Stepping into this role is an evolution of Karen's extensive career arc, which includes editorial board work for the Miami Herald, strategic communications and integrated marketing expertise with C-level executives, as well as worldwide brands and personal passion 
for making a happier world through helping create endeavors that teach happiness practices one person at a time. I was fortunate enough to meet Karen a few months ago while she was in Los Angeles, and I was so completely enamored with her passion and dedication to bring this incredible group of people and this community together to create value for people all over the world. This passion project started from a place of loss, and I was really excited to talk to Karen about all of the obstacles that she overcame and why she thinks it's so important for us to really learn how to rewire the way that we do things. Habits begin to really shape how we can experience happiness and joy in our lives. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Here is Karen Guggenheim. I'm so happy to have you here. There's so many things that I want to talk to you about. Um, First and foremost, uh, I'm truly inspired by the work that you do and um, the the adversity you've overcome uh, in your life and being able to create such a beautiful community around happiness and uh, making it accessible and facilitating all of this knowledge and um, science that you're bringing to the world. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for recognizing it. I- <laughs> I, I, we started? No. Oh, yeah, we're, we're in it. Oh, we're on. You're okay, on. Great. Fantastic. So, um, Rosie, one of the things that you touched upon that I think is, is um, really part of our, our mission and, and certainly um, on a personal note for me is the part of, of making it accessible. It's um, to, make a, to make the science accessible to people, right? Because these amazing individuals have been doing this research and have been dedicating their lives literally to this field, and and uh, they come from you know Pennsylvania University of Pennsylvania, Harvard, St- uh, Stanford, Berkeley, um, London School of Economics, uh, University of Miami, etc. And um, they have this amazing body of of work that um, we've realized that it the public doesn't really know about it in, to a large scale. And so one of the things that's really key to the World Happiness Summit is to bring the, the practical approach to the science. So to, to give individuals as many tool, access to as many tools as possible and to explain to them how these, these different habits can create sustainable happiness, right? It's not that you're going to be happy when something bad happens to you, right? You're going to have emotion around that and, and it's really important to deal in reality, right? Yeah. But how do you build resiliency? How do you bounce back? How do you frame it? What are the stories that we tell ourselves? Um, it's, it's really amazing. Uh, when you look at, when you come to the summit and you um, listen to the different experts, um, it gives you such a complete and holistic guidebook on how to how to live, really, and because how do you deal with adversity? How do you deal when life happens? You know, it's not that everything good's going to happen to you, but but how do you uh, bounce back? And and how do you build your children to be resilient, or your workplaces, or your communities? You know, I really think that this line of thinking is the next evolution of of of, of human um, thinking and 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 processing. I think that it will open up so much of our 
mental capacity that is not yet re- uh, available to us because we're so stressed, right? And we're in strife and we get tired and, and um, the negativity is extremely taxing emotionally and, and mentally and physically. Yes. And so I think that once we can kind of, you know, turn it around and take that leap of faith. And, and what we have found is that that leap of faith is the science. The science is kind of what gets you from one side to, of the swimming pool to the other. People are kind of attached mm-hmm. to their ways of being and ways of thinking, even though they might feel really bad. Um, and, and many times they do. If you look at um, on, on a global scale, life dissatisfaction has never been at a higher point, even though um, we've never had more peace and more global uh, financial prosperity, mm. but we're dissatisfied. And, and I think it has to do with how we hold on to, to mindsets that are negative and that are not um, leading us to where, um, to, to, to where we can maximize our potential. And our potential, I believe, like Sean Aker says, is, is, the, is happy, he defines happiness as the joy that you feel as you're moving towards your potential. And I think that, that that it's really important to be able to tap into who we're meant to be. And who we're meant to be is not, you know, uh, a per, full of anxiety and, uh, and, and depression and fear. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're meant to be um, beings who are kind of liberated, at least in the way of thinking and as far as engaging in ideas that bring us to... Uh, to flourishing and to um, being able to maximize the whole uh, mental capacity that we have in our brain. I, I think that uh, science has shown us that when, when our brains are compromised under stress or anxiety, we're not able to, to learn, you know, as well as, as we are when we are in what, they, what positive psychology cl- cl- calls the flow. And yeah. so literally that part of your brain is not accessible to you. So it's not, you know, it's not a touchy feely thing or <laughs> a, a fluffy thing. It's, it's really serious. Yeah. You know, it's really serious because you're not, you're not being able to utilize your whole mental capacity. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's part of, um, the ethos that you created is, is to really build something that's sustainable and that has been tested so that we have actual tools to implement into our lives uh, which I think is wonderful and and I like that you're speaking to the the fluffy factor you know that sometimes people think that it it needs to be uh, that you know it's it's I think it's way more than that and I think that it, it has way more to do with our own ability to evolve and to use more of our our mind capacity to achieve those states um I, I want to backtrack just a little bit. Um, you spoke about resilience and um, just to give the listeners a little bit of insight as to how you started this this happiness journey for yourself. Yes. So um, it, it's, uh, it actually was from a place of, uh, of unhappiness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in great personal challenge. And, uh, and, and uh, we had a, a family tragedy. We we lost um, my husband five years ago, uh, quite suddenly, and there was a period of, of completely disorienting and, and a lot of pain associated with that, obviously, uh, for myself, my children, our friends, uh, our family members. And, um, and for me, it was, 
I, I didn't know about the science of happiness. I didn't know about positive psychology. Um, I have a background in psychology, and uh, but but it wasn't positive psychology. And so I, I do remember the choice, though. The choice, I, I, I very, very um, soon after my husband passed away, I remember that I, after 21 years, I was like, uh, you know, it's it's I, I'm done here. I've done everything I needed to do, and I'm okay with not continuing at this point. And I remember um, my children, and I remember that uh, that to me, at that moment, I tapped into the you know the the mother's love, which is quite powerful, and um, and I knew that I had to live because of my children. And I made a choice at that moment that if I was going to live, and I had decided that I was, that I was going to live happy. That I didn't know what that would look like, but it was a choice that I was going to find out because otherwise, you know, it it, it would be pointless. It would I would it would be not doing nothing for my children. I didn't want the legacy of my husband, who was an amazing individual. He was a doctor, and he was just such a force such a positive force I didn't want a legacy of pain and and negativity and so um, I decided that I was going to be happy and I didn't know what that would look like I I didn't know how to create that Um, to me happiness was if something if things external to me happened that went my way so Mm -hmm. if I got a parking spot a good parking spot when I was going to I was happy if I didn't (laughs) then I wasn't happy or somebody (laughs) called me or things went the way I wanted you know, I would be happy. It was very, it's interesting. It was like a little boat in the ocean and uh, just being kind of guideless in that regard. And um, what I did is that I decided to look for purpose and meaning. And I decided to copy what happy people do. So if I were happy, what would I do? So happy people, you know, get dressed and get out of the house and have a conversation Um, and so four months after he passed away, I was starting an MBA at Georgetown university and I was flying back and forth from Miami and, um, I had wanted to go to Georgetown, but I got married very young and I decided not to. And so I, I went to Georgetown as kind of an homage to my husband Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, he was extremely hardworking person, um, dynamic focus I think the word genius gets thrown around a lot but he was he was quite impressive and so I did that um I did that as a as a as kind of a testimony to all the lessons that I had learned from him and as a as an example to my children right and on resiliency and and uh and to choose things that are good for you and I later learned that the research shows that you know, we do things before we are that person that does those things. For example, oh. um, Paul Dolan talks about um, him and and being a, a gym guy. So he started to go to the gym before he was a gym guy, you know, mm-hmm. and then he became a gym guy. So I kind I became happy because I copied what happy people do. And then I became happy. It wasn't, I did, you know, I didn't wait for, um, for happiness to come to me to become happy. I don't know, it's, 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 it, it sounds complicated, but it's really quite simple. Um, but it does require effort. It yeah, requires yeah. effort and it requires discipline. 
and it requires a mindset shift and, and do that through habits. And so um, that what we were talking about earlier on how happiness is, is not, um, it's, it's not fluffy. It's, I mean, it's really, it's, you have to apply yourself, right? You have to tackle um, the different areas of your life that contribute to happiness and then happiness, your happiness will increase. For example, Talvin Sahar who's one of the um, leading experts so and he'll be again psychology. on positive yeah, psychology yeah. and he was at Harvard and he taught the most popular class in the history of Harvard. He'll be again at the summit. And so Tao talks about, you know, the research that says that if you tackle happiness head on, it actually decreases your happiness. It causes anxiety because you start analyzing why am I as happy as yesterday? Why am I going to stop being happy later? What is my happiness level and so forth? But if you tackle it indirectly, so if you look at your spiritual life, intellectual relationship, um, um, physical well-being, and um, and an emotional well-being, right? You then, and you take care of those areas of your life. You're happy. You become happier as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not tackling it directly; it's indirectly, and. And there are other things that really tap into into this to make a sustainable practice. I was telling you about um, storytelling. So there are some stories we tell ourselves or that we've heard growing up that people tell us, right? Whether it's a teacher or a parent that didn't know any better yes, or a yeah. relative. And then you have that disc in your head that plays on and on and on. But you can substitute that with positive stories that we can tell ourselves, not based on on imagination or lack or, or lack of reality, but that you know using reality and just changing changing um, the recording in your in your brain and then creating a new a new narrative, and that's also kind of what I did is that I decided to create a new a new narrative to the event that had happened right that was outside right, of my right. control. I had a control of the narrative that I would tell myself, you know, again taking into account that painful experiences are painful. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something that's very important that we talk uh, um, uh, about in the summit. We're having Maria Sira. She's going to be talking about resiliency. She's a fantastic speaker on the topic. Um, we talk about pain. We talk about negative emotion. Um, and, and, and then how, how do you how do you go beyond that? Um, we're also talking about forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is so important to happiness, to, to personal happiness. Um, and the value of that, and then how do you forgive, and um, and yeah, the steps yeah. to because uh, they're actual steps, you know. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I'm curious to ask you too about um, how forgiveness plays a role in this, especially with you know the studies that they're finding with you know how how really how stressed we are in our society with you know we have so much input right. There's so much information, external information. Um, you know, with technology and all the things that that are coming in, um, I'm curious as to what what your take is on, I guess, two things: uh, the level that stress plays in our lives and how it affects our happiness and forgiveness. Well, you know, one thing. Let me clarify here: I, I am not an expert. Okay, <laughs> I we put on this platform for these people who are the world's greatest experts i mean to 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 listen to them is a completely life-changing event so i can share some of the things that i have learned from them and i'm happy to do so so 
on the, in the area of, of forgiveness. Um, Fred Luskin, who is out of uh, Stanford, and he, run, he, he runs the Stanford Forgiveness Project, and he deals with, like, you know, uh, victims of 9-11, et cetera. I mean, like, really bad things have happened wow. to people. And um, I heard him speak, and it just completely it, it changed my life, you know, and because it was, it's very matter-of-fact and very um, non-judgmental. If you want to be happy, there's certain conditions that you need to have in your life and that you need to, you know, many that, that you do have control over and that you can create. And so forgiveness taps in to happiness directly. I mean, you know, that doesn't mean that you need to engage with people that have unacceptable behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Or, re- or, 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 or to have relationships with people that have hurt you but forgiveness is is something that taps in in into yourself you know it's it's your mental energy your life force um that you can decide to turn to to the release of to release a person to truly release and forgive a person whether even if you tell them to their face or not just to have that act upon yourself frees you up to then experience so much more of, of human emotion of positive human emotion as opposed to be reliving again, taps into the stories that I was telling you about earlier. You relive these negative stories and this, you, you know, you, you let um, a negative event fester um, within you. And so that also increases stress, anxiety, maybe depression, you know. And so um, we want to make sure that we create space for happiness, right? Yeah. We need to create the space. And that's the thing that... You know, speaking and, 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 and meeting with people from around the world, I found that, that uh, largely people are happiness curious, whether they, they are a bit skeptical, they're curious, right? And so they hold on, though, to all these negative, they want it, they want to believe it's possible, but then they hold on to this whole um, negativity bias. And so our brains are, are actually wired for negativity because we don't need happiness for survival, by the way, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and we need to look out for danger for our survival. So we have a negativity bias that we have to kind of, um, work against in our own brains. Right. And then you, you mentioned the news and so forth. And so, um, um, I used to be a journalist and so, and, and, Certainly, there's that tagline that says, "If it if it bleeds, it leads." It leads, right? Right, and so we're sensational, and and um, and negativity sells. And if you think about it, for example, if um, something somebody opens the door for you, or somebody gives you a parking spot, or somebody you know lets you go in front in <clears throat> in a line, you're not going to call five friends and tell them that happened. But <laughs> if somebody calls you a word that, you know, we don't want to say here yeah. or, or cuts you off yeah. or say, I mean, you are on speed dial, mm-hmm. you know, calling four people, telling them that, can you believe this happened? And she did this to me or he did that to me. And then it goes on and on and on. And again, goes into the story. Right. Yeah. And uh, something that we haven't touched upon that is extremely important for happiness is gratitude. Mm. It's very hard to be uh, unhappy while you're being grateful. So to have a gratitude practice is, is really significant and to, to, to actually write it down. So if you could write, you know, three things 
every day that you're grateful for. And they don't have to be huge. It's just about creating a habit and new um, neural connections in your brain. Um, because so the brain's neuroplasticity, you can create new connections. And so you can become a, a, a positive person. Martin Seligman, positive psychology, talks about um, learned optimism. You know, you don't have to be one of the people that you see, oh, they're so sunny, they're so bright, everything. There are some people like that, and it's beautiful to see it. Mm. But I have to say that I was not one of those people um, at, at all. And so it's you can learn it. And, uh, and what, what I find uh, surprising, and I was one of these people, so I, it's, you know, even in myself, is that we can totally see the connection that, from what we eat and our exercise level, our physical bodies are going to look healthy or not, right? We, yeah. we totally understand that. But it's such a stretch for us to really capture that what we ingest in our brains, right, and is going to have an impact on who we are, our emotional state, our physical state. Like, you know, that, that seems so surprising yeah. that, you know, Deciding to look at the positive outcome of a situation, of any situation. Tal, again, Tal Ben-Shahar talks about um, it, it, things do not necessarily happen for the best, but you can make the best of things that happen. Mm, I love so, that. Uh, yeah, to me, that's really impactful. Really, really impactful. And the other uh, quote that he says that, that I also tell myself a lot is, give yourself permission to be human. So... There's also that idea that people that are uh, practicing happiness or are involved in this are going to be, you know, always on or, or again, you know, not, not ex experience disappointment. And even if it's a little thing, it could make, make you feel disappointed. But then, you know, again, you, you, you have the habit to, to, um, to tap into, like, for example, in your case with yoga, I'm sure it has, I mean, it helped me very much when I was dealing with um, hospital settings and, and et cetera, because I, I'm a practitioner as well. I've been practicing yoga for almost 20 years. And the breath, I mean, mm. the conscious breath is just such a powerful thing. And it's scientific, you know, it's been going on for thousands of years, right? Yeah. But yeah. now science has proven that the 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 amazing chemical reactions that happen to our conscious breathe in our conscious breathing, to our um, to our emotional well being and psychological well being, yeah, plus visit. So we begin the summit every day with yoga, and meditation, so that we're prepared, uh, best prepared to listen to the 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 experts. The content is very rich. Um, we group people into tribes, each with a certified coach acting as a facilitator so people can really understand the material and start to kind of customize it because we want to give as many tools as possible, kind of like a buffet, and then you pick the ones that best resonate with you so that by Sunday afternoon when the summit is over, you're, you're left with a toolbox that you can start uh, kind of playing around with and seeing what works for you. Yeah, no, I love that. I love being able to implement, you know, things that have been measured and things that work. You know, I, I come from a, a conditioned belief that um, you won't be happy until 
dot, 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 right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we mm-hmm. won't be happy until we make X amount of, of mm-hmm. money or until we move out of this environment or we won't mm-hmm. be happy until the you, next election, it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's always moving the guidepost. Yeah. So can you speak to that, that type of, of conditioned belief a little bit? So, um, so absolutely. And I think it has to do with also our Western way of thinking, mm. but, um, Sean Aker, uh, who was actually Tal, Tal Ben-Shahar's, um, teaching assistant at Harvard, and he's a happiness researcher. He, he talks about, he does a lot of research on success and how, um, we think that success presupposes happiness, but it's actually the other way around. And it's been proven that happiness fuels success, it optimizes your potential. You know, as an individual in the workplace, um, the, 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 the research is amazing on the benefits of, um, of in, in the corporate world, for example. I mean, from sales to, um, to employee engagement, the, the, the productivity goes up over 30%. There's less, uh, 125% less burnout, 51% less turnover. higher retention, innovation, creativity, fewer sick days. I mean, it's on, on all levels to me, it's a kind of, it's happiness is preventive medicine, really. Mm -hmm. Um, and the return of the investment is so significant uh, that it's troubling for me to, to understand why you wouldn't, um, implement it in an organization. And we haven't Mm -hmm. even talked about schools, for example, positive education is amazing. Again, the results are there. The studies are there. Um, wonderful work out of the University of Pennsylvania on interventions that were around 20 minutes a day um, over an academic year. And um, when you look at, at that over um, the control group, you see that the, the children actually, when compared to the control group, they went up in academics. They felt better, et cetera, et cetera. We're not even going to talk about that. But if you're looking at what traditional society or society traditionally measures, which is academic performance, they went up across the board one academic year and they were not given any academic intervention um, as, it, different from the control group. It was just, you know, practicing mindfulness and doing some of the um, positive psychology exercises and so forth. So it's, it's amazingly impactful. Yeah, I and I agree. I think that a lot of these modalities, yoga, meditation, mindfulness, um, you know, positive psychology, all of these modalities that really help make us a empathetic, loving and kind, compassionate human being should be implemented in our system when we're young, you know, like when we're kids. Um, I feel like it it would make for a, a different society, you know, it would make for... <laughs> Absolutely. For... And our teachers, our teachers also need to, you know, to, to have the, 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 the tools so that they are less stressed because what happens also stress is, happiness is contagious and stress is contagious. Mm-hmm. So there are studies that you can, that, that have been done on kindergartners that they do the, sal- the saliva swab. And if the teacher is stressed out, and comes into the classroom and just speaks to the children, you see that the, um, the, the cortisol level in the saliva goes up in the kids because of the interaction with the stressed out teacher, right? Wow. 
Yeah. And so imagine if you're having this, this cortical, you know, shots into your system every day since you're five. So that has a physical consequence by the time you're 40 and 50 years old. Right. Right. Um, so, so it's, it's really important to give attention to this. Um, you know, the summit is an event, but it's really the, the World Happiness Summit has become has become a movement. So it's it's a global movement around giving um, significance on this topic. You know, wh- why should we talk about this? Yes, it makes us feel good, and everybody wants to be happy. But there's there's a lot of um, potential to really make significant and lasting change in societies, mm. not immediately now and for the future. And so um, it's so important to create this, this, this roadmap for how societies can thrive, can best thrive, you know, and optimize resources. So not only personal potential, but also resources that are in, 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 scarce, um, in, in scarcity can be best optimized by, by, doing, um, by concentrating on, on what we mean by happiness and what the experts mean by happiness. Another really key aspect that, that to me was... Um, when I heard um, Isaac Prelitensky, and he's the former uh, dean of the School of Education at the University of Miami. Um, we had the event at the University of Miami, by the way. It's, um, it's our official host. And uh, he does amazing work on mattering. So the relationship between you mattering to others or to the system, the system or others mattering to you. And that to me was really impactful. I mean, it's common sense when you when you discuss it, but um, the fact that others, for, for, for optimal well-being, that others need to matter to you and you need to matter to others and the importance of that relationship is, uh, is amazing. And, and the research around that is quite significant. Wow. I, I've, that even just, just hearing that somebody's doing that is so incredible. I'm, I'm so right. happy that that I'm just like, yeah. I've never, because if you think about it, like we, we don't think about those things, you know, and I Absolutely. think that's why having, having events like this, especially this one, it, it's really creating a, a foundational platform for a community to build, to continue to spread these ideas. And these, these not just ideas, but techniques and, and studies so that we can actually begin to see the change and, and create that ripple effect. So what is, what is the big vision for Wohasu? Well, um, I can tell you some, some of the things that really, you know, um, excite me. I, I, I feel like we're a bit ahead of the, of the curve here with, with what we're doing, but I see the the um, the impact not only from people we had people from uh, forty countries and thirty in forty five U S states coming to to the summit. There was a lady coming from Australia. She had never been to America, and she came to the World Happiness Summit. We had people Hong Kong, Africa. So the excitement is there. Um, I'm really also very hopeful that um, corporations will start to really back this. You know, on a in a significant way, that they will come and say, you know, how can we align with you? We think this is significant. We want to be part of this. Um, we, this is part of our mission, and, and we're here, and we're putting, um, we want to make a, a, a footprint, a large footprint in this, and be a driving force. So I, I, 
I would love to have um, organizations and corporations that are um, vanguards on this topic and they will really take it on and they will make the 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 investment in financially but also and more importantly you know as stakeholders and as a voice in leading the way that this is really important um, we're creating a, a happiness a corporate happiness council to to kind of spearhead this approach and then the ultimate goal really is for uh, the science of happiness to become commonplace that we um, go to so many different uh, cities around the world and 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 corporations etc that it becomes commonplace so we'll have a summit because it's fun and we like to gather together but it but it re- there won't be really a need because we'll just all know about it. Our children will be brought up a different way. They'll be educated a different way. We'll relate with each other in a different way. Um, societies, it'll be part of government. Um, we'll have ministers that will take care of the, really um, being mindful of implementing policies that will support civic happiness. Right, that 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 corporations will do it beyond, uh, you know, corporate social responsibility um, uh, policy, but really have it become a pillar of yeah. of what they are and who they are as an enterprise. So that to me would be very exciting. That it becomes commonplace, like brushing your teeth. You know, you don't yeah. have to have a summit be, to, to talk about the values <laughs> of brushing your teeth. Right. right? <laughs> So, so that's what I would like to see, that it just becomes um, part of life. Mm, well, I, and I, I can sit here and talk to you about this forever, and my plan is to um, definitely go uh, next year. I'm really excited about that. Um, and we Love have to have you there, Rosie. Yay. Fantastic. Yes. We, we, have a, we have a special... Um, a special gift for our listeners here in a moment, but I just have a couple more questions for you. I created um, this platform uh, as a way for people to come together. Um, It's this idea that we are radically loved by Mm -hmm. God, source, whatever higher power of your understanding Mm -hmm. that the universe works for us and not against us. And Mm -hmm. it's this idea that we are all radically loved. And so, um, the final two questions for you are number one, how do you feel radically loved? And two, what do you radically love? How do I feel radically loved? Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, I guess that, that, that would be tying into mattering. So the people that are really important in my life when, uh, when they, really take time to recognize what matters to me and then they're able to um to con and it doesn't it's not necessarily a big thing it can it's a little thing it's the little things that that they notice you you know that 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 somebody that you really value notice values what you value or notice something that can be the, the easy things i think that we forget um, the easy things because we take them kind of for granted, and so we're waiting for these large events like like a birthday or like um, a graduation or something like that. But when somebody notices that you like, you know, I don't know, a flower, and then you you walk by and you see, oh, there's the flower that you like. That type of noticing to me is very intimate, mm. 
and it's, it's kind of um, radically, I, guess, I think in those moments I feel radically loved that, that somebody noticed what, what matters to me. Um, and it could be in the little tiny details because it's so easy not to see that. And so to, to have somebody really notice you, I think, is, is, uh, is expressing love. And, uh, and uh, the way that I radically love, um, I really like to make people happy, you know. So I, I really try to show my love by making people happy, you know, that, uh, that I can do things. And then to see that smile or to see somebody that was struggling and to make a recommendation or to so offer something that, that is coming from my deepest sense of, of love for that person. And, and sometimes it doesn't come out in a way that, that looks like it's a traditional, you know, way of, of loving, but it is something that, um, that I try to, to do something uh, good and positive and, and with the hope of, of, uh, of making them happy. Mm, I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Karen, for, again, everything that you do and for everything that you've done and your vision for the world. And I know you're out there. Um, if people only knew the actual amount of work that it takes to like put <laughs> something like this together and it's providing so much value. And I am saying thank you on behalf of every single person on this planet that can benefit from everything that you're doing and that hasn't said it to you thank you for all of it for the work that you're doing it's it's incredible and i know it's going to change the paradigm of the planet um that's amazing rosie thank you for for noticing and pointing that out and i just want to say you know it's a team effort and uh you know my partner has been very supportive in, in doing this and, and the people that work for us and the partners, uh, our associates and speakers. So it's really um, a lot of people that have come together to, to, cre to, to co-create this with us. And, and now you're part of the tribe too, Yay. Rosie. I know. So for the people that are listening that want uh, more information, uh, World Happiness Summit 2019 is coming uh, this March. Um, Karen, do you want to tell the listeners where they can go to, you know, contact you or go to the organization? Where can they go for more information? Absolutely. So it's, it's March 15th to the 17th in Miami. Um, and you can go to uh, www.worldhappiness.com and you can get more information there. You can see Summit Recap. You can see video. We have um, a lot of videos up from the past events. So you can take a a look at the, the look and feel and what the experts are talking about. Um, you can get the tickets there. So the links are on Eventbrite. Mm -hmm. And something else that is really significant about the summit is that you get to interact with the speakers. So um, the networking effect is quite huge among participants and the interaction with the speakers is something that people really enjoy as well. And we hope to have your uh, listeners coming to the summit. Yes, so, so everyone, uh, they were so kind, Karen and everybody at World Happiness Summit, to give all of you 15% uh, off a three-day summit pass. So all you have to do is type in the code radically happy. that's R-A-D-I-C-A-L-L-Y-H-A-P-P-Y, 
to get your discount, which thank you so much for doing that, Karen. That's so awesome. So um, for those of you listening, if you go to the show notes and click the info link, uh, everything will be on there. Everything that we discussed, including the link to the World Happiness um, Summit and all the information that we spoke to uh, about today. So thank you so much. Thanks, Karen. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rosie, and wishing everybody well. And uh, we hope to see you in in March in Miami. Is there something missing in your life? Is there something that you want to do in the world to create an impact but feel that it's overwhelming? So many of us walk through life feeling unsatisfied, overwhelmed, tired, and desperate for a deeper connection, but don't quite know how to achieve the things that we want in life. Join us this spring at the Dunsky Castle in Scotland for seven days of yoga, meditation, and yoga nidra, all focusing on finding your life's purpose. During our time together, we will learn how and when to take action, how to lead from our heart and not our head, how to break up with our inner critic for good, and dive deep into learning about desire and discipline and how this creates a purposeful life. For more information, go to radicallyloved.com or you can message us at info at radicallyloved.com, subject Scotland. We'll see you soon. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.